0: To see the
1: sponge, to see to see the sponge, to see the sponge,
2: to
0: Yes, 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 Fucking road, Jack. Sure, you guys heard by now. Derek Chauvin found guilty of murder and manslaughter. You stupid bitch. Fucking right, man. Can't say I wasn't surprised, but I'll definitely say I am relieved and happy to see that outcome. You know what I mean, motherfucker, Derek Chauvin. Uh, I guess he still got like eight weeks before sentencing and they're going to keep him in jail till then i believe his bond was or bail was denied but yeah i don't really know how that legal shit works you now i mean i just know he was guilty so fuck it all right episode 42 we starting on a motherfucking good note hit the road bitch don't you look back stupid <laughs> yeah man episode 42 of the K motherfucking podcast welcome back You know what I mean? Uh, That was last week where they announced that he was guilty. But, you know, we had already done episode 41. So I had to wait for episode 42. But we back in here, man. So yeah, get him the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man. Back to business. Got a few things to discuss today. You know what I mean? First and foremost, happy belated Earth Day. Uh, <laughs> in all the fucking 420 madness of last week, I completely forgot that Earth Day was two days after, I think on the 22nd, I believe. Yeah, April 22nd. So last Thursday was Earth Day. I mean, shout out to Mother Nature. The mother of us all, you know what I mean? I hope you guys took some time to get outside. Uh, I went for my little bike ride like I normally do, but I did my best to enjoy it a little more, you know what I'm saying? It was Earth Day. It was nice and sunny. Got some fresh air. Got some sun. A little sweat. A little sweat equity alley. You know what I mean? And then actually over the weekend, we went to the Orlando Wetlands Park. Which I hadn't been to in a while. So that was good. Okay, man, we got outside, you know what I'm saying? Just kinda walked around, saw some wildlife, some nature. You know what I me, mean? be one with the earth, man. But yeah, you gotta I feel like you gotta appreciate that shit. That you know, it may be here for our whole lifetimes, knock on wood, but if we keep neglecting this, you know what I mean? This fucking flying rock that we're all on, then I don't know, man. The future could be pretty grim, you know what I'm saying? And then this weekend, actually, I'm going up to a St. John's River cleanup up in Blue Spring State Park. I think I mentioned uh, that's luckily right up by where my buddy Stu lives, literally right up the street, not even probably a mile from his house. But yeah, I saw this environmental group is doing a river cleanup in the St. John's River on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So we'll just get a bunch of kayaks and canoes and kind of paddle out there and I'm sure just, you know, pick up any trash and shit like that. So um, yeah, man, kinda of just, you know, in the spirit of Earth Day and in the spirit of, yeah, you know, me, just Mother Nature, man. The earth. So yeah, man, happy bladed earth day. And just speaking of earth, the earth, uh <laughs> the earth, man. Or what they say earth? Rick and Morty, I also saw this cool bumper sticker uh years ago where I never realized that you can't have the earth without art right e a r t h and so the the sticker was the word earth, but art in the middle was like highlighted in red. I don't know, I just thought that was kind of dope, you know what I mean you really you can't have the earth without art, man you can't have art without the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But no, yeah, speaking of the earth, you know, we got to touch on some climate shit here. And kind of um, ties into last week, too, you know, with the 420 topic. You would think that global warming being what it is and just kind of people who partake in cannabis, on average, I would say, being more, um, you know, environmentally conscious and shit like that. I saw an interesting article that basically said how the, the cannabis industry is contributing to the climate crisis rather than helping combat it, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I'm going to read you this article I found real quick. It says, little subheading or whatever, says, cultivating weed can be an emissions heavy industry and requiring each state to grow its own is making it worse. Traveling north from San Francisco, the rolling vineyards of wine country soon give way to stands of redwoods and the famed cannabis lands known as the Emerald Triangle, where the local microclimate gives rise to some of the world's most storied weed. But while you can pick up a bottle of Sonoma County Zinfandel or Napa Valley Chardonnay at any wine shop in the country, you won't find famed pop varietals like Humboldt Kush, or Mendocino perps in dispensaries outside the Golden State. In fact, federal law classifies interstate commerce in cannabis, even among pot legal jurisdictions, as drug trafficking, a serious felony. America's state-led march to legalization: recreational weed is now legal in 17 states and the District of Columbia has created a cannabis archipelago where consumers can only partake of marijuana produced locally. For much of the country, that means pot must be grown indoors in warehouses with artificial grow lights and supercharged HVAC systems. As groundbreaking new research published in the journal Nature Sustainability demonstrates, this indoor cultivation comes at an alarming climate cost turning what could be a green enterprise into yet another dirty business with a carbon output that rivals major extractive industries. The crux of the problem is that federal prohibition means that you cannot transport any cannabis across state lines, says Balin Linekin, an agriculture lawyer and senior fellow at the Reasons Foundation. That means that everything that's going to be sold in any state has to be grown in that state, regardless of whether that makes any sense agriculturally. And that introduces a big problem. Market research indicates that 60% of the nation's pot growers now rely on warehouses, with 44% growing strictly indoors. It's a much more resource-intensive and hence climate-impacting Way to grow, Linekin says, than growing in the field. Culturally, Colorado was a natural state to pioneer weed legalization in 2012, and the state now claims one of the nation's biggest markets, selling more than $2 billion worth of weed in 2020 alone. But weather-wise, most of Colorado is a ludicrous place to grow pot. And as a result, its industry has one of the dirtiest cannabis footprints in the country. According to the science published in March, the state's pot cultivators now account for 1.7% of Colorado's total CO2 emissions, greater than the state's active coal mining industry. There's two big reasons behind that, explains the paper's lead author, Haley M. Summers, a PhD candidate at Colorado State University's Energy Institute. One is the weather, and one is the electric grid mix. Outdoor temperature is a driving factor because indoor grows require constant circulation of fresh air, If it's winter in Colorado, you can't bring in that cold air and shock the plants. You have to use a heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system, HVAC, to modify that air, Summer says. And that air is very, very energy intensive. Heating is often achieved by burning natural gas on site, but the local electricity mix is also critical to the industry's climate damage. Warehouse cultivation requires grow lights, fans, and other electrical equipment, and in Colorado, coal is still a dominant fuel burned for electricity, leading to further and higher greenhouse gas output, Summer says. Colorado's climate impacts are compounded, Linekin notes, by local regulations that have required cannabis to be grown close to the point of sale, If you have to grow it where you're selling it, he says, you're kind of stuck growing it in a warehouse. While growing weed in frigid Alaska or Minnesota poses similar problems, indoor grows in hot weather states are not necessarily cleaner. In fact, the worst state to grow indoors, the climate researchers found, is tropical Hawaii, where HVAC systems must work overtime to lower humidity levels, and local electricity is often sourced from oil combustion. I'd assume that's a similar problem here in Florida with the humidity. Um, The nature sustainability researchers found that cultivating one kilogram of dried cannabis flower indoors in western Oahu produces five metric tons of CO2 emissions. To put that in more relatable proportions, it takes the carbon equivalent of a 16-gallon tank of gasoline to produce a single ounce of that Hawaiian indoor weed. To keep marijuana plants happy, warehouse growers will also bathe them directly with CO2 gas, much of which escapes to the environment. While the researchers give the industry a pass on some of these emissions, reckoning they would have to be re- released into the atmosphere regardless the energy required to capture compress bottle and transport this co2 for indoor cultivation creates a third major climate cost one that limits the potential to clean up the industry simply by using more renewable electricity if your co2 is accounting for 25 percent of your total facilities greenhouse gas emissions Summer says citing a high end estimate no matter how much you clean up the grid you're still going to have a significant contribution so yeah that's kind of, i thought that was kind of crazy man i mean you would think that all you know all the weed heads man who fucking want to protect mother earth like you would think Uh, From an outsider's perspective that if there's any industry who would be going out of their way to keep it green, no pun intended, and have a low carbon footprint would be the cannabis industry. So it's interesting to see that just like any other industry being the operative word, you know what I mean, where all they give a fuck about is money, that they're contributing just as bad, if not worse. Like they're contributing more than the coal industry out in Colorado, which is fucking bananas but um yeah man there's gotta we gotta figure out another way you know what I'm saying whether we go back to outdoor grows old school style like fucking you know what I mean they like do down Jamaica and shit I don't know I think people as goes with anything we try to overdevelop everything you know I, I was watching some documentary they were basically comparing today's weed to the weed back in like the 70s and shit you know when the the hippie era was big Um, back then, you know, and I don't know when, if you guys even smoke or when you started, but back when I started, you know, back in the
2: day when I was,
0: (laughs) back when I first started smoking, it was, it was called Reggie. You know what I mean? It was shitty brick weed that was almost definitely grown outdoors full of sticks and seeds and stems and shit. But that was just like the the way, you know, that's just how it was back then. And then as time has gone on, because this was mid to late 2000s, since then, you know, this, what we've done to weed, and I'm not complaining because, you know, I, you know, <laughs> i reap some benefits, I guess, as far as consumption goes, but we've just like, we mondo burgered weed. You remember Good Burger, the fucking spot next door, Mondo Burger that makes the supersized, steroided up fucking burgers that, you know what I'm saying, all the GMOs and shit. That's kind of what we're doing to weed. We're making it abnormally strong and potent, you know what I mean? We're doing all sorts of things to the plant, manipulating it, hopefully not, you know, blanketing it with chemicals and um, even fertilizers and shit that are quote-unquote good for plants. Like, I would rather smoke a, a natural organic plant but even if even the organic methods there i know they're doing things to maximize the bud output the thc output even the sole fact that we separate the male and female plants nowadays um it's just kind of like a modern you know a modern method to further (laughs) freakify this plant to get the big female buds that we like to smoke so i don't know it's interesting man like uh yeah you know I don't know. I think Nate Dog would still tell you to smoke weed every day. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be careful, man. You got to do your research. You got to be conscious of what's going on around you. You know what I mean? But just staying on, you know, global awareness and consciousness and of the environment and everything. I literally just finished this documentary on Netflix called C-spiracy. Like conspiracy, but with C-C-E-A-S. No. <laughs> S E A S P I R A C Y, Sea Spiracy. So it's essentially about this dude kind of goes undercover and does investigative reporting about the fishing industry, overfishing. I guess it starts off because the dude's really into like whales and dolphins as a kid. So he gets into, you know, marine biology kind of shit. But he finds out and reveals some. Fucking pretty eye-opening shit in this documentary, dude. This, I I had no, I fucking love seafood. Let me start with that. I love seafood probably more than any other food as far as like, you know, burgers, pizza, whatever. Like, if I could eat crab and shrimp and lobster for the rest of my life, bro, I'd be set. But honestly, man, after watching this fucking documentary, I might go straight up vegan, dog. It's hard to tell. Um, I've always said. I've always said that. I think I could be a pescatarian. You know, I've never been a big fan of like uh, red meat, ground beef, pork, shit like that. I like chicken. Uh, I'll eat, you know, turkey and stuff more so poultry, but also seafood. Like I always love seafood and everything. But dude, after watching this documentary, just seeing how fucking I don't even know the word for it, dude. Just destructive. The fishing industry is. I've we've all we all always hear about overfishing and how horrible it is. Obviously, we hear about plastic pollution in the ocean, which is bad. You know what I mean. We still need to be conscious of that. But even more than that, if you fu- check out this documentary. You, if you eat seafood, please do yourself a favor and check out this fucking documentary, dude. It was extremely eye-opening I borderline was brought to tears at one point I'm not even gonna lie I mean seeing any any live animal especially an innocent animal it's not attacking these people like they're just fucking killing whales and dolphins like defending sharks you know what I'm saying sea turtles um and that's just the optic of it if you watch the documentary and see the facts behind the destruction that this shit is causing around the world yeah man it was it was breathtaking in the worst way to be honest with you but it's it's one of those things where i feel like you have to if you eat seafood you have to watch this documentary i'm just going to say that like especially out in asia i mean they're dude they're fucking running rampant out there they literally have slaves like f- free labor you know what i'm saying they have these slaves working on their fucking ships they get a couple testimonies from people who made it out of that trade somehow um, they have, what do you call it? Like these observers who would go from either, you know, uh, a fish marketing company or whatever the fuck, a fucking environmental company or something. They would have these observers go on these boats to basically make sure that they're not killing these, uh, other animals while they're trying to fish, killing dolphins and shit like that. And they're telling all sorts of stories of those people being bribed so that they're just lying or just straight up being fucking killed. Like, if they couldn't be bribed, they would fucking throw them overboard and let them drown or whatever. Or this one lady, they straight up fucking execution-style, like, mob-style murdered her in front of her kids, bro. It's fucking heavy, bro. It's fucking... It's nuts, man. And, yeah, like I said, I mean, this shit... It makes me never want to eat that shit ever again. And I know one person stopping from eating it isn't really going to do all that much. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if one person... It's like littering too, you know. Oh, I just threw my straw wrapper out the out the window. It's no big deal. Like, all right, bro, I feel you. But A, <laughs> you're kind of wrong because... So you're a one person. Now imagine everyone in your family does the same thing now imagine everyone living on your street does the same thing everyone in your you know what i'm saying it just snowballs like we are just one person in ourselves and that's fine but our impact is bigger than we could ever know i feel like and this shit i don't know man this shit had me fucked up i mean i'm not even gonna lie to you it's called c on netflix man check that shit out Seaspiracy. Also on Netflix, shout out to Joey Badass, man. They did a short film called Two Distant Strangers. And it is, you know, it's pretty graphic. It it goes along with what's been going on. I mean, like the Chauvin case, all this police brutality shit, murdering young black men. It has a lot to do with that. So if that's tough for you to watch, I mean I understand. But it's it was really good. They showed different perspectives that people don't show a lot um, as far as, uh, you know, those tragic stories go, but I just watched that this morning because I saw they just won an Oscar for it, I wanted to check it out anyway, I'm a big Joey Badass fan, um, you know, his music as well, I'm actually going to play a song of his that kind of speaks on social social injustice. You know, he's been, he's a young dude. He's younger than me, but he's been talking about this kind of shit for years. He's always been kind of wise, a little old soul. You know what I mean? His lyrics always seem like he's ahead of his time. So I've always been a big fan of him, but I just checked out the, mid, the, short, the short film, Two Distant Strangers. It's essentially about him and a white police officer, and he's stuck in a time loop. And it just shows that they're two different perspectives, more so his, but. Um, yeah, it was, was, I thought it was really good, man. Like I said, it is kind of graphic. That shit did give me chills too, just because they're, you know, murdering a young, innocent black man for no reason, but it was, it was worth the watch. I'll say that. And just while we're here, I'm gonna play a little Joey Badass. This is from a a album from 2017 called The All-American Badass. And uh Yeah man Wise Wise beyond his years This is for my people Joey Badass
3: You know Yeah Always wanted to have superpowers You know Stay alive and just stay peaceful. So I just survive a world so lethal. Who would take a stand and be our hero? of my people, yeah, it's for my people. Trying to stay alive and just stay peaceful. So I just survive a world so lethal. Who? Take a stand and me, a hero uh, Now all heroes don't wear capes And all villains don't get away but all limits eventually fade. I don't wanna be good, nigga. I'm tryna be great. Great, great, great. It's hard when your back's against the wall, and if you gotta order, keep your feet up on the floor. So I think the Lord when I wake up in the morn, cause and for the world of every reason I was born. You can see the power when the mic is in my palm, when I storm across the room, hit the stage and perform. What is born, don't be alone. Don't let me have to sign the horn and drop a bomb. I wanna give my mom a crit, will it long? Saying that my future kids can run the ball. So I always do my best to carry on. Life is like a game of chess, to be be upon my it's nigga. i trying to stay alive and just stay peaceful. So I just say five words so lethal. Who would take a stand and Look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's the young black god living out his dreams. What you mean, I've been up on the ultra light beam? They don't wanna see you fly, they just gonna shoot your wings. Everything, or what it's seen. Pushing all these dirty cops who come clean, still swerving on the city blocks. For one thing, I made this cop a thirty shot, protect the team. Know what I mean? Music is a form of expression. I'ma use mine just to teach you a lesson. Rule one, this microphone's a weapon. i am shooting out, the actions manifested in my passion, never resting. I'll surpass the expectancy of to see life in my direction. and that section ain't depressing. Hard to be progressing through recession and depression. Not to mention that they had a self blocked ever since an adolescent. For my people trying to stay alive and just stay peaceful. So hard to survive, but so lethal. Who would take a stand and be our hero? Of my people, yeah, it's for my people. Trying to stay alive.
0: Shouts to Joey Badass. You know what I'm saying? Once again, got an Oscar for Two Distant Strangers. I also saw that Her won an Oscar for Best Original Song, Fight For You. I must still be confused. I thought music was just the Grammys, but I don't know. Shouts to Her. I I was just confused when I saw that. I was like, what the fuck? Shouts to Her, though. And then also I saw Shouts to Chloe Zhao. Um, I guess... Hang on, I'll just read you this article. Social media users in China got creative Monday to celebrate Chloe Zhao's historic Oscars victory after mention of her name was censored by the Chinese government. Beijing-born Zhao, who directed Nomadland... Won Best Director at the Oscars on Sunday, but searches for her name and the film were few and far in between on Chinese social media platforms. Land also won Best Picture, but received a similar silent treatment. On China's Twitter-like Weibo, users bypassed censors by using alternate translations and iterations of the film's title. Nomadland, which roughly translates to unreliable land in Chinese, was altered and instead referred to as Reliable Sky, giving the film a completely new name. Zhao has also been given several new names. Some users gave her the moniker Daughter of the Clouds and others simply call her That Girl. Zhao's acceptance speech, where she referenced a classic Chinese text about people being inherently good at birth, also reverberated with Weibo users. Chloe Zhao is great, walking on the red carpet in sneakers and reciting a line from the three-character classic. That's the wisdom of a literary. Some words can be erased, but these cannot, one user wrote. Zhao made history on Sunday morning by becoming the first woman of color to win the award for Best Director at the Oscars. She is also only the second ever woman to win Best Director and is yet to officially receive praise from her native country. The Associated Press reported that in an app popular in Chinese film buffs, Dubon, searches for Nomad Land and Zhao Ting came up with, quote, the search results could not be displayed in accordance to relevant laws and regulations, end quote. Wow. Discussion about Zhao and her film were silenced in China after comments she made appearing to criticize the country were unearthed following her Golden Globes win on March 1st. She was initially celebrated with Chinese news outlets going as far as to call her the pride of China. Within days, however, she became the target of online trolls accusing her of smearing China over comments in an interview from 2013 with Filmmaker Magazine, which she described her experience there as a place where there are lies everywhere. Another more recent interview was also dug out, in which Zhao, who spent time studying in the United States, was quoted as saying to an Australian news site on March 3rd that the U.S. is now my country, ultimately. The site went on to clarify that they had misquoted Zhao and that she had actually said that the U.S. was not my country. No Madland immediately received calls for a boycott. Its promotional material disappeared online and there remains no sign of the film being released in Chinese theaters in the near future. That's insane. But yeah, big shout out to Chloe Zhao. You know what I mean? Making history. I might have to check out that movie now. No Mad Land was the film. I'd never even heard of that till right now. But yeah, shouts to Chloe Zhao I mean, I think that was it for the Oscars. But we will stay on music, I guess. Um, I saw that Corday put out an EP, and I thought it was kind of dope. It's four songs. Each song was solid in its own right. I kind of thought thought it was dope. He just called it Justin Till EP and literally wrote on the cover, like, basically, this is just holding you over till my fucking album comes. You know what I'm saying? Fucking relax. <laughs> so I thought that shit was kind of fire. Uh, I'm going to play a song off of there. I'm going to play So it's four songs. Like I said, he's got two features, Q-Tip and Young Thug, which is crazy in itself. But I'm going to play one of the solo joints called Thornton Street. Off of Just Until EP by Corday. Yeah, it says, the album cover says Just Until, and at the bottom it says, see you soon. Album almost done, Cordae. <laughs> like, Yo, bitch. buckle your seatbelts. Hang on to your hats. We out here. Yeah, this is Thornton Street.
4: Yeah, uh, hey, yo. Alright, my mom had a nigga at the age of 15 Was forced to drop out of school to take care of a king She had a desire to sing, and I admire these things At times a nigga feel guilty, I retired her dreams Imagine, sky's the limit, your mind, your business then you pregnant with a street nigga, baby The odds against us, but never mind Cause your son be living up an echelon They be talking about me from the barber shops to hair salon Real impact, something you never could fathom My first hour went gold, I think my next one is platinum And it's okay that you ain't think that I will make rapping You wanted me to go to school So I could make something happen I understand it The way shit is going You couldn't plan it But raising two kids on your own How did you manage From apartments to trailers Was living with granny Years later front row Is how we sit at the Grammys And say we all gotta cry sometime Unfortunate When our loved ones die Wish I could buy sometime. time I be stressing So of course I get high sometime Mix the Puma with Gavinci took your fly sometime And yeah we all gotta live someday Woke up plotting on my next move. Try to get rich one day Have a house with a wife and some kids one day Damn, I got something to say Hey yo, section 8 with food stamps Refrigerator was packed You hate it when I talk about this But I'm stating the facts Before I dropped family matters Should've sent them a text I guess that shit was only right That the resentment was next My pops taught me a lot I give that nigga respect He went to prison for a while And used to call me collect And yeah, we lived in different states But we will always connect When I got robbed at gunpoint You took the bus of the check Almost lost my favorite aunt because of shit that I said Niggas forming their opinions based on shit that they read I be dealing with a lot, I take this shit to the head No complaining, though this shit is ultra draining My whole life is a canvas, I'm supposed to paint it You can't tell, I'm the new Jean-Michel My future is a sure thing like the Don Miguel This ain't background music, boy these rhymes are felt And say we all gotta cry sometime Unfortunate when our loved ones die, wish I could buy sometime. time I be stressing so of course I get high so- Sometime mix the Puma with Da took to get fly. Sometime and yeah, we all gotta live someday. Woke up plotting on my next move. I'm to get rich one day. Have a house with a wife and some kids one day. Damn, I got something to say. Uh, yeah, you know, uh,
0: yeah, man, shout out to Corday, man. I thought, uh, I thought it was a pretty, pretty cool little package. You know what I'm saying? Kind of just like use a little sample plate, you know what I mean? So yeah, man. Shouts to Corday for show, getting that for show. <laughs> um, a little more on music. Wiz also announced that he is the part of an ownership group of a fighting company. I guess I, I'm. <laughs> I'm not too sure, so let me pull up this video and we'll see what the fuck he's talking about together.
1: In this box, nothing moves unless you do it yourself. You want to bring the heat, generate passion. You want a ball? Start rapping. Make a moment. Start swinging. So let's take this moment and own it. It's the return of MMA's league. You ready for showtime, baby? The PFL is back, and it's more than a fight. It's a season. Let's kick it. in a fight is a never-ending journey. The mind ready to go anywhere the battle takes you. Oh
2: God, this is my house, baby. PFL is my house. This is the party show.
1: We own this moment. The PFL on ESPN.
0: So that's kind of dope. I guess, so, I mean, like I said, I'm not a huge fighting fan, but I guess PFL is just another fighting league, like UFC or Bellator. But it looks like they also may have an exclusive deal with ESPN, just because they were advertised synonymously. Uh, so that's fire, man. Shouts, shouts to Wiz, shouts to PFL. You know what I mean? uh, Yeah, that's all I really got on that. <laughs> shouts to them, you were also random as fuck about music and sort of fighting I guess cuz Travis Barker is a famous musician who I know is into fighting but I saw random as fuck I guess he's dating um what's the oldest Kardashian Courtney the one that's like actually seems sane yeah I, I don't know I thought that was random as fuck I didn't I didn't know about that I don't know why I would have known about that I mean I follow Travis Heavy he's you know being a drummer I've looked up to him since I was a, a kid in like grade school. But I just thought that was kind of funny. You know, I mean I know he used to have a show, meet the Barkers with his ex wife, Shannon Mochler, who I believe he has his two children with. But yeah, I just saw that he's dating uh I think it's Courtney's the oldest one. I definitely don't keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> but I believe that's the oldest one. Um yeah, cause I saw him like wishing her happy birthday and shit. But yeah, shouts out to them, man. Uh, like I said, I grew up on Travis. You know, what I mean, Blink One Eighty Two, The Transplants. Um, he did this project with DJ AM, rest in peace, DJ AM. They did this sh- this like hip hop mash up with drums thing. I'm actually gonna play one of these. And then I saw recently he's been doing he's been doing like pop punk shit with uh, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly i might play one of those but i'm gonna play travis barker dj am they had a this project was from like 2010 or something i don't know uh but this this is called fix your face dj am travis barker basically dj A.M.'s just cutting up different records on on his turntables and travis drums over them and i i was rocking with this shit heavy back in college i remember that for sure Yeah, dude, that shit is crazy, man. Shouts to Travis once again. Rest in peace, DJ AM. Um, But since we're already here, we already mentioned it. uh, Like I said, he's been doing this kind of like pop punk shit with Machine Gun Kelly. And I don't know. I mean, I never... I was never really into his fucking... His rap shit, anyway. It was like, uh, what was it, Wild Boys? And then uh, he did a couple other joints. But yeah, supposedly he just said fuck rap. He's doing um, like pop punk now. Well, mostly pop punk. I see like Trippy Red is featured on this album, but I believe it's produced by. I believe it's produced by Travis, and he's drumming on all these songs. So I know this one, wow, they got all sorts of shit here. This deluxe album is an hour fucking long. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, I know he's got this one with Halsey that's pretty like poppy. There's this one with Trippy Red. Let's see if they mix a little pop punk with the fucking hip hop. I never heard this shit before, so let's see.
2: Drive it. My label hates that I'm like this. I gotta go through shit to keep right All these girls, I don't want of them. But I know I'll end up with one of them. My life on the outside's fun and But the person on the inside is crumbling. did it all.
0: definitely not the fucking worst song i ever heard (laughs) you know i mean uh i will say yeah like in seventh eighth grade i would have been slapping that shit on the daily probably but yeah i just thought it was interesting you know i mean i don't know if he's still doing hip-hop or if he's like trying to bend genres you know what i'm saying i know travis does you know his origin is more or less in punk rock or pop punk but I know he does, like, produce hip-hop as well, so I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool when when people experiment, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'll never hate on that. Um, as long as you're not doing it in a disrespectful way. I never felt like MGK's hip-hop was, I mean, yeah, you could call him a culture vulture, whatever. I never, I never thought he was, I don't know. I never listened to it, so I guess I can't judge it much either way. And same thing with this shit. I mean, it's not bad music, but I doubt I'm going to listen to it. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Shout out to MGK. Shouts to Travis, man. You know what I'm saying? Fucking what else we got over here? We are still on music. A little more somber. Uh, once again, rest in peace, DMX. I saw they did... Uh, like for Biggie when they fucking took his casket through, through Brooklyn. I saw they took DMX's casket through, I'm assuming it was Yonkers, but I just saw New York City. They drove his casket through the city in a fucking monster truck. And all the Rough Riders motorcycle crew pulled up in support. They were all riding along with him and shit. I don't know, I thought that was pretty dope, man. I feel like X would love some shit like that, you know what I mean? Just celebration of life, uh, all the fucking gearheads out there fucking wheeling and revving their engines and shit. It just seemed like a good a good vibe, you know what I mean, to send X out the right way. So rest in peace to DMX again. But also, man, since the last episode, we fucking lost another, another legend, god damn it and uh i'm gonna pull up one of the songs that you might recognize actually so yeah rest in peace shock g all right well let me look up his real name rest in peace to gregory jacobs also known as shock g um i thought it was kind of weird i guess he passed in tampa right here in our backyard i know he's from new york originally and his sound or where he gained his fame i believe was out in the bay area if i'm not mistaken but if you don't know who shock g is he was the leader and front man of digital underground and if you don't know who they are because you're young, that's fine. They were popular in you know, the late 80s, early 90s. But this gentleman was responsible for finding Tupac. I'm not going to say he's responsible for Tupac's career because Tupac was a talented individual himself. But this guy found Tupac, put him on a song, and blew him up to the Tupac that we all grew to know and love. So yeah, man, he was 57, you know what I mean? Kind of like DMX. It's a long life, but it's still not a full life. I don't think they, they said the cause of death. But rest in peace to Shock G, man. You know what I'm saying? It's losing too many legends, dude. I don't even know how... I it's, it's hard to keep track nowadays. But this is Tupac I Get Around featuring Digital Underground, which is the group led by Shock G.
5: Yeah, I get around. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Stronger than ever. Back to get wrecked. All respect to those who break they neck to keep their hopes in check, cause though they sweat a brother majorly, and I don't know why your girl keeps paging me to tell me that she needs me. See, sees me, to so squeeze me Lady, take it easy Hate to sound sleazy, but tease me I don't want it if it's that easy Hey, yo, bust it Baby, got a problem saying bye-bye it down baby dog. Check it out. I get get around. around. What you mean you don't know? I get around. The underground just don't stop for hoes. I get around. Still down with the underground clown. I get around. around. Yeah. Ayo shot. Let them hoes know. Now you can tell from my everyday so cease this is with them tricks I'm just another black man caught up in the mix Trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents Just cause I'm a freak don't mean that we can hit the sheets Maybe I can't say that you don't recognize me I'm Chuck G who put the satin on your panties? Never knew yes. anything so that
4: could share me. I guess. Well, what's up, love? How you doing? Right. Well, I've been hanging, singing, trying to do my thing. Oh, you heard that I was banging? Your homegirl you went to school with? That's cool, but did she tell you about her sister and your cousin thought I wasn't? Uh-huh. See, we kids was made for alone But it's a Monday mindset. my So just let me hit it, yo. And don't mistake my statement for a clown. We can keep it on the down low long as you know that I get around. <laughs>
5: A trip. I love the way she licks her lips, see me jocking, put a little twist in her hips, cause I'm watching Conversations on the phone to the break of dawn, now we all alone, water lights on Turn them off, time to set it off, get your and off, something's on your mind, let it off You don't know me, you just met me, you won't let me Well if I couldn't have me, why you sweat me? It's a lot of real G's doing time, cause I keep you bit the truth and told the lies You pick the wrong guy, baby, if you're too fly, you need to hit the
0: You down, I get so yeah man Rest in peace Shock G I mean, Rest in peace Tupac as well Who's gonna put the satin on your panties If Shock G ain't doing it Man Man Rest in peace man But just staying on the sad shit Since we're already here I guess This article says, nearly a dozen people sit in on a Zoom call on a Wednesday afternoon for what they call a publications meeting, one similar to many others held daily in Flint, Michigan, as community partners collaborate for the sake of public health. In essence, it's a meeting bringing organizations together to help strategize on how to get the word out about COVID-19 vaccinations. Like the rest of Michigan... Flint is seeing steep increases in COVID-19 numbers. My city is on fire. COVID-19 is on fire, said Deborah Furholden, director of the Flint Center for Health Equity Solutions and associate dean for the public health integration at Michigan State University, as she talks about new efforts to reduce COVID numbers. Flint gained unwanted global attention for its water after it was discovered that nearly 100,000 residents were potentially exposed to lead-tainted water while under control of the state of Michigan in 2014 when the city connected to the Flint River for its primary water source. The move was to cut costs but proved to be a health disaster as Flint residents struggled with various issues including rashes, hair loss, and deaths all pointing back to, mis- to the mishandling of the water. It took more than a year for health officials to discover that the city had been exposed to poison water after elevated blood levels were found in children in 2015. Now the coronavirus pandemic is wreaking renewed havoc in the city as a wave of new infections struck Michigan just as much of the rest of the country seemed to be recovering. Numbers of positive cases in flint are steadily increasing and the pandemic has not made it easy to get information out to communities struggling with various communication gaps it is a fresh crisis but it is also one that multiple local activists and community leaders are seeking to combat according to reports from the flint center for health equity solutions cases in flint have doubled from an average of 150 a day in the local county to 300 genesee county now has the third highest number of new cases in the nation testing at a positivity rate of 20.9 percent the latest wave of cases is a blow to a city that only four months ago touted being able to reduce disparities among the black community now that work may have been undermined by increased numbers lax enforcement of COVID-19 safety practices, a false sense of security, and lack of capacity, forcing community leaders to rethink strategies to reduce misinformation and barriers regarding COVID-19 vaccinations. In January, 10% of the racial data related to cases was missing in Genesee County. In March, 36% were missing. Now that number is closer to 50%. When we had gotten it down to less than 10% missing data, we could say with confidence that we had closed the racial disparity gap, Fur Holden said. With the unnecessary and unacceptable high degree of missing data, we now lost our ability to speak to disparities of COVID cases and death. We can only estimate with the data we do have, but more than half of it is missing race. Despite the setback, community members are working to be proactive as they prepare for the worst case scenario, including having a disproportionate number of the population affected with COVID-19. Ensuring a wide vaccination rollout is held up as key. According to the F, oh, the FCHES, Flint Center for Health Equity Solutions, According to the FCHES, 35.2% of Genesee County residents where Flint resides have been vaccinated as of April 4th. Genesee County has a population of more than 400,000 people. Furholden said that she was pushing for door-to-door vaccination programs. We need to be vaccinating people on their front doorsteps, Furholden said. It's a moonshot, but it's the moonshot we need to be shooting for. It literally takes three minutes to vaccinate somebody. You ask a few questions, you check a few boxes. Someone needs to be with them for 15 minutes, and then it's on to the next person, For Holden said. Someone could vaccinate at least two people per hour going door to door. This is what we need for people who face challenges with making it to vaccination sites. We have a community of volunteers begging, put me in the game, coach collaboration has become commonplace for flint most agencies have worked together for nearly seven years as they work through the city's ongoing water crisis after discovering nearly a hundred thousand residents were potentially exposed to lead tainted water stemming back from 2014 the infrastructure is already in place because of the water crisis said kirk smith ceo and president of the greater flint health coalition g f h c we have worked in partnership for years. GFHC has worked in collaboration with community partners for health equity for nearly 25 years. Early on, city officials moved to reconnect water for residents to encourage handwashing. Local churches, community centers, and medical facilities have served as testing sites, and local leaders and activists have worked to volunteer helping get information about COVID-19. Those agencies were still working together, but now also serving as vaccination sites. So, yeah, man, much love to Flint. I actually just saw a video today. um, A girl held up a sign that said they're still without clean water since 2014, I believe. Let me see. Yeah. Since April 24th, 2014. So From a couple days ago That's seven years back That's fucking ridiculous Much love to the residents of Flint, Michigan Hopefully um, You guys can stay safe out there But I think man after all this shit I need some fucking You know what I need dog
1: One Two T-O-P-HIT!
0: Rook got too hyped. Rook got too hype on the song. Hey Rook, come here. Come here. Come here. Hey, you're right in my lap. What's up, sweetie? It's okay. Rook, you just want to say hi to the pod squad? Is al ye? You're okay. But yeah, man. Um, a couple of things I forgot to mention just real quick. On Amazon Prime, this fucking movie called Get Duked. Check that shit out. It's pretty dope. It's like these four kids out in the UK um, more or less go on a journey to become men type shit. And they start like getting hunted. But it's kind of a comedy. It's pretty good. Check it out. Get Duked. Also, much love to the Irwin family. I saw Bindi Irwin. Uh, You guys remember Steve Irwin, legendary. I don't know what you would call him. Animal zoologist. Crocodile hunter uh, who passed away, you know, 10 or so years ago. His children, he has two kids, or at least two that I'm aware of a daughter, Bindi Irwin, and a son, Robert Irwin. I follow his son, he basically is a mini Steve, just does the same shit. But Bindi just had a kid, so Steve's you know grandkid was just born. So, shouts to the Irwin family, much love to them. And then I also saw that supposedly Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all these podcast platforms are well at least those two are talking about implementing a subscription service for podcasts where i guess it would be more or less like patreon you would have to pay i don't know if you would have to pay to listen or if you could just donate or like tip the creator i'm not it, it wasn't too clear on that but i'll keep you guys updated on that as that comes in because obviously that would affect the k podcast here seeing as we are a motherfucking podcast you know what i mean but yeah, we'll see about that. I'll keep you guys in the loop, you know I me. Mean? But this is going to wrap up episode 42, man. I appreciate you guys being here with me. Rook finally calmed down, whatever the fuck she was barking at outside, you know what I'm saying? Hey, Tootie. I know, Woody Woo. You're okay. You're all right. Yeah, man. Uh, much love to you guys. As always, stay safe out there. Stay sexy stay, fuck, I fucked it up, stay safe, stay smart, stay sexy, and stay motherfucking tuned, I mean, sometimes you, you try to go off the cuff, you fuck yourself up, you gotta stick to routine, you know what I mean, (laughs) but yeah, man, episode 42 of the K-Motherfucking Podcast, I will see you guys motherfucking. Next time. The case podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks, out, Thanks, for tuning in. You don't have to go home. You just can't stay here, right?
2: let this, is